I would never do that. That is not the right thing to say. There must be a medical reason for doing this. Police! Let's get real and talk about what's really going on in healthcare. It's time for another episode of The Epic Podcast. I was just thinking, with the two coolest nurse practitioners around, here are your hosts, Marissa Luft and Katie Harris. Over to you. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm one of your co-hosts. And I'm Marissa, your other co-host. <laughs> and, you know, Marissa, I was just thinking, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about prescribing to friends and family, and, and we even recently had this discussion in class, and we bring it up, and invariably, there's always someone who raises their hand, and they're like, I would never do that, you know, they're just, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's something that uh, I think is way more prevalent, and I did a little research on it, but, you know, I, I kind of want to hear what, what you think. Do you do you prescribe to friends and families or to yourself or what, what's your thought on that? Um, so my thought on that is, first of all, as soon as I got prescriptive authority, um, everybody started texting me and asking me to help them with the flu or their UTI. I swear my mom is like my pimp. She will tell <laughs> anybody that I will prescribe them a Tamiflu. Um, I make a rule of only prescribing to uh, my mom and my wife for things that I know how to treat. I don't feel comfortable with antibiotics. So like, anything I would go see a doctor for myself, because I wouldn't prescribe to myself, I wouldn't prescribe to somebody else. So have you never prescribed for yourself? Um, I prescribed Tamiflu to my wife for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, it's, and you know what when I first was thinking about this I was like well you know I have done it you know I feel like guilty like uh you know I, I I'm gonna the police are gonna come arrest me or something exactly yeah <laughs> but you know it, it one of the things that I found when I was kind of looking around on this is that there are actually studies out there that show like up to a hundred percent of physicians will treat themselves or their friends and family wow yeah so it's like it's a common practice that you know I, I've been really holding you know I'm just like oh my god I can't do this <laughs> right but uh, like you said I think there's some like pretty clear black and white areas and then some gray areas for me uh you know for instance I have a friend that's always asking me for narcotics and uh you know he's always joking uh oh, can I have some uh you know whatever and I'm like uh, <laughs> I don't think he's kidding <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd, you know, really take it if I wrote it for him. But there is, I mean, it's against federal law. So this is like that black and white scenario where you cannot prescribe narcotics without some kind of relationship, a documented relationship in a formal office setting. So right. you know, that's kind of off the mark for everybody. But, you know, what about other things? Like um, you don't do antibiotics, but would you write a script for uh, to refill uh, contraceptives or something? I would consider contraceptives, you know, with urgent cares being available that I feel like there's really no excuse. If I, if I can't follow up and I don't feel comfortable prescribing, I, I have deferred friends and family. Um, the one time that I did do for a neighbor was a, his, uh, antidepressant had lapsed and he wasn't getting it for about four more days. And I knew that it was going to give him some serious withdrawal symptoms. So looking at his previous prescriptions, like having the physical bottle in my hand and seeing it, 
I called in for four days worth of um, his effectsor so that he wouldn't go through the withdrawal from it. Yeah, I've had that same exact scenario. My sister-in-law always seems to conveniently run out of her uh, antidepressant when we're on vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then my brother gives me that guilt feeling. So, I mean, do you get guilt trips with this? I get guilt trips a lot. The two things that my brother constantly calls me for are eye drops and because uh, he gets pink eye a lot. And I feel like if you're getting pink eye a lot and you're an adult, like, you need something else is going on. I'm not going to give you eye drops because I'm not going to mask the problem. And then you lose your eye and you're mad at me. Um, <laughs> and he also gets really confused. He like, he'll research what scheduled drugs are and he'll call and be like, I have a stiff neck. I'm pretty sure you're allowed to prescribe me Flexeril. Can you? And I'm like, no, we've talked about this. It's a controlled substance. You also happen to be in the aviation industry. And if you get caught, having and I think that's like a whole nother dynamic like people who have jobs where they get tested for drugs if you're prescribing to them and they test positive for something that shouldn't be in their system then you're kind of um you know on the hook for prescribing it to them and then your whole side business of friends and family prescribing is gonna get blown up yeah I mean I, I guess that's another good point like where if you establish if you establish a relationship with a patient by prescribing them something, I mean, you take, you have to take ownership of that. And if, you know, you did, uh, so my brother's wife likes to do all the research for me and then just tell me what it is that I need to give her. And it's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, how do I know that you, you know, went through this whole other um, list of, you know, review of systems right. and the physical exam, which, you know, are so important. Yeah. My brother, yeah, he'll tell me, um, I'm just going to need you to prescribe me some erythromycin drops. I'm like, how do you know what's in your eye? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. Go, go talk to somebody else about it. So uh, a doctor that I work with, I asked him because it was getting kind of uncomfortable around flu season, everybody asking me for um, scripts for Tamiflu. So I was talking to a doctor and he just said, it's really not in their best interest to ask you because if we do prescribe the wrong medication or too much or there's an unknown allergy and something happens, they don't have any recourse to, you know, sue us for malpractice, not in like a um, anger, angry suing way, but like if they have medical bills now because something happened from something we prescribed them, it's all on them. So it's better to go through... Uh, you know, a private practice or an urgent care who has malpractice that if something goes wrong, you're not left with these huge medical bills. So you can sue them. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, there's some, there's definitely some states that actually require that uh, the, and this is physician rules, that the physician must prepare and keep proper written record of treatment, any treatment whatsoever. And then there's some states that won't allow you to treat your family members. So, so a place like Blue, Medicare and Blue Cross Blue Shield won't pay you even if you're in a proper office setting and your family member comes in to see you, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. That's a good safeguard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, because a couple of the people in our class had said, you know, I would just tell them uh, I'm not allowed to. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's a wimpy way out of, you know, it's kind of um, 
you know, sometimes you just don't want to prescribe something for somebody and you're running out of ways to say no. Right. Very convincing that you should do it. Um, but it still feels kind of wimpy to me at some level. <laughs> I hear you. I just had a um, <clears throat> doctor come in to the ER with his wife and uh, put in a consult for palliative care and pain management because he wanted to increase her methadone. And when we went to go check, you know, why is she on methadone and how much, her prescriber was her husband. And uh, he, I believe, was a foot doctor, a podiatric surgeon prescribing methadone for cancer-related pain to his wife because he just, you know, he has the, somebody gave him the authority, so he's using it. But that is, he has no idea. There's no way that he could know how to properly prescribe methadone for oncology for his wife. Yeah, that gets really, <laughs> that gets more black and white for me than, than gray. That just seems completely inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, that's black and white. <laughs> but it would have been great if somebody would have said like, oh, doctor, you guys have the same last name. We're, you can't prescribe her methadone. It's a conflict of interest. Right. So, I mean, those gray areas, like you said, with your neighbor who uh, was going to have a lapse of four days, like that's a big deal. Like, or people that just don't have health insurance at all and they have like clear cut sinusitis, they're pouring out green sputum or something, uh, you know, that something like that, if they go to an urgent care, it's going to cost them X amount of dollars. If they go to the ED, it could cost thousands of dollars, whereas your uh, prescription will cost them maybe $4 at Walmart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So that's right. a gray area for me because you feel you start to project, you know, onto that person like, oh, God, that's terrible. They're those poor people. Right. Uh. Yeah. So, and then there's the, you know, is there any difference in, doing a prescription as opposed to let's say you're sitting at dinner and somebody knows you're a nurse practitioner and they start telling you about their migraines and you start giving advice about migraines, right? Um, you know, is, do you see any difference in that? I also get pretty um, hesitant to give medical advice. I, it kind of goes along the same lines um, because I don't, you know, I, we're supposed to look for zebras you know, every once in a while, what's going on is, could this be something more? I have a patient like, you know, you don't know if they're anticoagulated at home and they're talking about these headaches and is it because they actually have a head bleed? I don't know. I can't scan you. So I'm not going to tell you like, oh, take Tylenol and you'll feel better. I always suggest, um, I'm probably the greatest referrer to the emergency room, go to the emergency room and get it checked out because I just, I don't want to ever tell people, don't worry about it. It's something simple. And then they drop dead. But then again, I work in a specialty where everybody is dropping dead. <laughs> Which is palliative care, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I recently had this um, encounter. It was a, a friend of mine who I hadn't heard from, from in a while. And, you know, I, I used to love hanging out with her and stuff. And so she sends me this text message and she's like, hey, Katie, how are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, let's go out and have dinner and get drinks and blah, you know, whatever, just a normal text message. And then the next text message that came from her was like, I'd love to, but I've got this cold sore and uh, I need a refill on my Valtrex. And it, she's a nurse anesthetist. So the nurse anesthetists have a, um, a, um, um, they're similar to nurses under the state regulations. They can't prescribe for themselves. Okay. So, um, 
yeah, so she, I was like, oh, God. So, you know, now she wants Valtrex. And I, I didn't even have a chance to answer. And then the next text that came right through was the exact prescribing information that I needed. That oh. I needed. And she's like, and I don't want to bother you with this. So could you get me like 10 refills on it? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, one, you know, I was kind of, it, it's annoying when people are clearly like using you for prescriptions, right? Yeah, she didn't even buy you dinner first. I know. Well, we couldn't go out. I mean, who could, you can't go out with a cold sore. I mean, Obviously not. <laughs> say. <laughs> then too, there's like that social pressure. Like, how do you how do you say no? Like, you know, I I could I could say no, but then you know, I mean, this is really stupid. But then she probably wouldn't want to go out to dinner with me. I, you know, I don't know. But. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Are you going to lose friends? Are you going to have family conflict just because you won't treat grandma's UTI? I think. Um, new prescribers at some of the bigger health institutions in, in the city, they, uh, they own their prescriptive authority, or they say they do. And so if, um, say, my wife calls in a prescription for me because she works at, uh, are we allowed to talk about institution names here? Uh, let's not. Let's say she works at one of the biggest university hospitals. And if she calls in a script for me, they will call her and ask her why she called that in and they'll deny the script because they're tracking all of their uh, providers prescribing for people that outside of uh, the job. Wow, really? Which I think is comf it, it's some sort of like insurance for these new prescribers that they're not going to get pressured because they have just been told you are not allowed to do this. And if you do it, we're going to uh, come after you. Wow. Um, yeah, that, that does actually kind of... Uh, when you have that, then it's pointless to, to try and do that for, to, to prescribe for people. So yeah, it's both good and bad. I mean, cause yeah. the, the positive side is being able to have a quick fix for somebody, right. And to sure. help somebody else. Um, I don't know if you've run into, well, I am a, adult acute care. So my family who is not medical doesn't understand this, but I will get lots of calls about nieces and nephews and prescribing them an antibiotic or something for diarrhea or, or vomiting because they don't want to take them to urgent care at 3 a.m. And they just can't seem to understand that I can only prescribe for 18 or older. Um, and they're like, what, what good are you? And I'm like, okay, well, that, that's a little harsh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the same thing like you're evaluated by how good of a nurse practitioner you are if you can like diagnose some weird skin disease that's right <laughs> i don't look at skin diseases yeah <laughs> that's funny um so the american uh, medical association actually does have some guidelines some ethical guidelines on this which um I'm not sure why I'm surprised, but, you know, they said, this is a quote from them. This is what it says. It says, uh, physicians generally should not treat themselves or members of their immediate family. Um, and exceptions are allowed for quote unquote, short term, minor problems or in emergency or isolated settings. Uh, that's a really broad interpretation. Like, I feel like you could take that any way you want. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, what's an emergency to me is not maybe an emergency to... Or an isolated setting. So an isolated sure. setting is, you know, my my sister-in-law down the beach with us and she can't access her meds because they're three hours away. Mm -hmm. And uh, generally should not treat themselves or members of their immediate family uh, is also very vague. Yeah, it just seems like a mere suggestion. Like, yeah, yeah you probably shouldn't, but okay. Right. And uh, yeah, so 
I, I think you have to create your own boundaries of what you're willing to do and what you're willing not to do. And I think um, you're going to have to anticipate people being angry. Like you have to anticipate that anger. Yeah, you do. I, I have just started to tell everybody, first of all, like, you know, I have a, uh, I can only prescribe within my state. I can only prescribe 18 and older and I'm only, um, comfortable prescribing from my mom or my wife or my dog uh because dogs take people meds too um because i can follow yeah i can follow you very closely yeah dogs take tramadol like people do as well as uh flagell so oh wow and my dog has a a, uh (laughs) her own profile at cvs (laughs) you're kidding right you can actually order medications for your dog at cvs so again, it gets a little gray. <laughs> I, because uh, I don't know if you need a special dog license to prescribe. So Mary, uh, my wife has a lot of flagell prescriptions out there for her. <laughs> and then, yeah. Oh so, wow! I think I've I think I've navigated the gray area pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you think the most commonly uh, uh, prescribed medications are in what situations like what type of medic broad categories uh antibiotics for sinus infections mm-hmm. antibiotics definitely tamiflu for certain uh that wasn't on the list but i, I imagine it's pretty high up there huh what else well i would hope it's not pain medication no yeah, again, the, I mean, there's, again, there's that federal law, and I don't know that I realized that it, it was federal law that you cannot prescribe narcotics to somebody without a formal relationship. So, you know, I'm glad to know that anyway, but. Yeah, I'm glad I always stayed on the right side of that. I definitely <laughs> yeah. didn't know about that law, though. Um, and there are just so many laws, which is why it's a good policy to just say, no, I'm not prescribing if you're new, because there's no way you could have consumed all of the information you need to know about safe prescribing exactly. in your first year when everybody's attacking you. Um, creams and, and drops? So it's actually antibiotics, antihistamines, and contraceptives. Oh. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because those are like the three things that I would never order. <laughs> yes, I would never. I definitely am not um, a good micro steward, micro, what's that called? stewardship like yeah yeah right (laughs) yeah microbial stewardship i'm not good at that and why why antihistamines go to the cvs i don't know why can't you just get benadryl over the counter or something and while you're there grab some condoms what why do you need (laughs) why do you need contraceptives from me (laughs) exactly um, so, you know, for me, my, my boundaries, I think, well, obviously, so narcotics are the black and white, and that's, you know, that's an absolute no. And then, you know, babies and children, they're, they're really kind of still, it's still black and white. You know, I did one time prescribe, and I'm a family nurse practitioner and acute care, okay. uh, so technically allowed to do it, but uh, my, my brother's son had an, an ear infection, and it was a repeat ear infection. He, he kept getting them, and I ordered amoxicillin for him one time, and I just, the guilt and and shame came over me because I don't normally write for those prescriptions. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what if I did them harm? Because maybe this time they would have sent them to ENT and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, never again. So my family knows narcotics, babies, children off the menu. 
Yeah. And then antibiotic, I'm just in general, I'm, I'm anti antibiotic unless there's like a clear cut case for it. You know, I just really have the mindset of you need to get over it and uh, you, you need to let your body fight the infection. Mm. Uh, yeah. I never even thought about, you know, that part of it. I don't know which one to prescribe, but also we shouldn't just be over prescribing antibiotics to, you know, for minor infections where your body should be forming an immune response. Right, exactly. And then the kind of grayish area for me is like refills on medications because there's going to be a lapse in care or coverage or it's an insurance problem. Like that kind of stuff gets gray and I just want to kind of like not answer the phone when those people call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with it. I've been raised as a, uh, a good Catholic girl. So I have a lot of Catholic guilt and also the, uh, you know, fairness thing. So I always think if I'm, I don't have anybody to call for my scripts and I'm going to the doctor, you guys should be going to the doctor too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And especially with the advent of, of urgent care and all these telehealth type of facilities uh, that you can just get a doctor on demand, you know, there or an NP on demand or whatever, um, there's probably not many excuses for it. Agreed. So, all right. Well, I think this was a, a pretty good discussion. I agree. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think to just kind of summarize the, it's, it's not against the law to prescribe yourself or your friends and family, except for narcotics, which would be against federal law, but the practice itself could put you in, you know, just uh, an uneasy situation. Uh, like you said, you can't sue anybody if, <laughs> if, it, if everything goes wrong. Yeah, I don't uh, got no money. You can't take it from me. <laughs> right. I take your house or something. But, um, but in general, it's just kind of, uh, you have to set your own boundaries. I would just be very clear in your mind what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And, uh, and really try and stick to that and come up with ways that you can avoid those situations or mitigate those situations. What do you think? Yeah, it's the people closest to you. You're, you're going to think nobody's going to ask you. And then all of a sudden, your own mom has been in healthcare for 40 years and knows it's uncomfortable, starts hitting you up for scripts. <laughs> you're kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I wish I was kidding. <laughs> I don't even, my mom wouldn't even, I don't even think she knows what I do, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my mom, okay, can I just get a Z pack for this or a steroid taper for that? And I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> super uncomfortable <laughs> that's funny all right so well you know that's it for this episode and uh we'll, we'll catch you in the next episode of i was just thinking all right well thanks for sharing what you were thinking i learned a lot see you guys <laughs> next time bye bye